Thank you again. Thank you again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast, the Quarantine Lean Edition. We're on volume number 102, and I am your host, Jerome. What's happening, everybody? You know what I'm saying? It is homecoming weekend in the Strop City, baby. You know, they're going to be out there grilling and chilling, you know, maxing and relaxing, campaigning and maintaining, baby. And Bath Strop, Louisiana. Holly, if you hit me one time. But, um... <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. It has been a very, very eventful week. But I just wanted to digress on a couple of different things that I've been noticing. Of course, you know, I can't really seem to stay out of this political uh, economic realm. I mean, it keeps calling me back. But today I just want to really focus on a a really, really sad and uh, terrible situation that has happened um, and that has actually came to a head. It's probably brought a lot of um, restful and sleepful nights to some people. And it was probably another nightmare and it's going to be a long, um, sleepful and horrifying nights for other people. And I'm speaking about FBG duck. He is a, um, a rapper out of Chicago, out of the drill music scene. Um, and he was pretty much making a lot of noise, um, and a lot of traction, Within the hip hop community, you know, um, if anyone follows my channel, you will already know that I'm a major fan of Chief Keef. Um, he was one of the first people to, to take the Chicago drill music scene to the mainstream music of hip hop and also pretty much crossed it over. And with that, you know, you had people like Lil Durk, you had people like King Von, King Louie, uh, G Herbo, Lil Bibby, you know, just to name a few that's coming out of the city, man, that's, you know, that was, was, and is real talented, you know, RIP King Von, by the way. But what I wanted to really focus on was that about two years ago, FBG Duck was shopping downtown Chicago and um, he was ambushed by a group of men um, in broad daylight. And if you are living in Chicago, or if you plan on visiting Chicago, one of our most and valued, allegedly valued areas is the Gold Coast. That's where, you know, pretty much the rich and, you know, I guess bougie or want to be bougie or people go to spend their money and let their hair down. And I think that it was reported that um, FBG Duck was coming out of either a Louis Vuitton or Michael Kors or some really, really affluent store. And these people just opened up, you know, on this guy. And, um, you know, he, he was killed. It was, it was brutal. It was horrible. And to some, you know, it would be very, very alarming. What I'm about to say, a lot of people may not approve of, and you may not agree with it. And some people may understand it, depending upon the structure or your structure of your life or what you've experienced. What I want to let everybody know is, is that gang culture is real. Social media is real. And what you say and how you portray yourself in music and on social media could actually cost you your life, particularly if you're speaking about another gang. FBG Duck, I'm going to be honest, may God bless his family and his children 
and his siblings. And no doubt about it, his his mother. Um, I think all of her children have have lost their lives to gang violence. This is all they know, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, Lil Dirt, the name of his team, um, he's another rapper um, out of Chicago, specifically from O Block. I think this is um, 63rd, maybe 64th, 69th. You know, these are some very, very rough areas. And when I say that, you have to be the person that you're claiming to be in these areas. You have to be. I mean, people are being, sadly, they're being killed and gunned down every day over these street dreams and neighborhood power and, you know, it's envious and it breeds greed and hunger for more attention. And FBG Duck, unfortunately, some of his actions led to some of these people's reactions when he made a diss song. And he was speaking about people's um, friends that were murdered. I mean, it was back and forth. I can't put this all on FBG, but this is where we're at now. So allegedly, this is what caused these men to come out and kill this young man in broad daylight. The man was born in 1993. I'm 43. In 1993, man, I was about 14, 15 years old, you know, still trying to learn properly on how to make that killer crossover that Tim Hardaway had <laughs> or to pull up like Byron Scott or, you know, to come down and um steal the ball like John Stockton. You know, of course, I was involved in extracurricular activities within the streets, but it was never nothing to where I had to, you know, tote guns or really, really fear for my life, you know, um, and I learned early on once I lost my best friend to not even only gang violence, it was just a jealous, envious act that that violence is for real and people will hurt you for real. And now that social media is involved and people are amplifying this. I mean, it's instigators on social media, you know, amplifying these things. And it's and it's so real. To the point to where that the feds has got involved and stated and basically just stating that, you know, we're going to be watching all rappers pretty much. We're going to be watching all rappers. We're going to be watching what they post. We're going to be watching what they do. We're going to be watching what's in their music. You know, at this point in time, they're drawing a fine line and saying that music is no longer art. Based upon what's in someone's music. I've always um, talked to, you know, because I work with a whole lot of artists and, you know, I don't get paid. These are local artists or whatnot. But I try to give them advice on how to move, on how to conduct themselves, because a lot of these people are involved, you know, in the street life. And, you know, they may not be hardcore, but I still let them know that, like, there's a bigger world out there. Um, and the things that you do and say, and if you don't know how to move, you know, these things can actually cause people to come up to you and was like, oh, yeah, we finna see what this guy is real or not. We gonna fire bullets at him. It's been major... It's been a whole lot of people that's been killed broadcasting live on social media talking about, yeah, I'm in I'm in the hood. Pull up, you know, drop the location. 
it's just sad. And at the end of the day, I just think that we have a lot of talented men and a lot of talented women that are being led by a lot of other talented people that are coming from places that they don't have, that their mind is not developed. They don't know how the world works. The only thing that they understand is their environment. And unfortunately, these things are being bred to other to other communities all around the United States. And then you have the police that comes in, investigate these people, um, or the feds investigate these people, take all of their money. And then at the end of the day, what do you have? The record companies getting paid. The police have the money. And then our community has nothing more than dead black men. And if you all noticed, or if you follow my channel, or if you go down and you scroll through some of my podcasts, you know, I called a lot of people out. You're like, oh, geez, people that that's considered OGs in the hood, if they're not stepping up and showing these youngsters like, hey, bro, like really and truly like, man, look at me. Look at me, look at my family. Look at my children. Man, I done did so much dirt out here to where I don't even know what love is. The only thing that I could expect if I keep doing the same thing and the only thing you can expect if you keep doing the same thing is not a future. It's only a certain amount of time or calculated decision either by the feds or by one of your enemies that your life could be over with. One of your ops could come and hit you. An op is an enemy. And one of your investigators could come pick you up. Lock you up for years. Your whole life is gone. You know, so I don't want to see these type of things going on. You know, like I was, I was real, I was real big. Hold on. Y'all hear that? It's sirens going on. I live in the hood for real, y'all. I don't think, and if y'all listen to my podcast, and if you noticed, the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast, by the way, we are on YouTube. I'm getting my YouTube channel back up, everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be cool. But I, I don't never want to leave the hood. I don't never want to stop delivering these messages to the young people that I work with. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's on the basketball court, whether it's in a restaurant, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's me in passing or whether we have an aggressive interaction. I never want to leave this environment because I don't see too many people that has actually that's actually in the area for real can deliver it like me. 
whether they take it or not, it's okay. But they'll understand maybe maybe a month later or a year later or two years later. And I'm not saying that all the OGs in these in these communities and these backgrounds are negative. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the ones that are constantly, you know, like, yeah, youngin, you know what? You coming up now. They're still in the street culture and their lives aren't going anywhere. So they try to steer them like, yo, this is what you got to do. This is this and this. It's not cool. Those are the OGs that I was calling out. I was also calling out um, people like WAG 100. And, and make no mistake about it, WAG 100 is a very, very intelligent guy. You got to listen to him. You see what I'm saying? You got to listen to him on Clubhouse. Dude is smart. Even though he was into it with Nipsey and, you know, like, I mean, dude is able to maneuver. Seriously. But I think that it's time for him to like really and truly just be like, man, damn, I'm damn near 50. And he may have the same outlook that I have because shit, to be honest, I'm damn near 50. <laughs> I'm 43. Fit to be 44. So I'm just saying I'm I keep seeing the same. I keep seeing very, very talented people get killed by their enemies or somebody close to them. It's not cool. Man, they broke in Lil Dirk house. Somebody close to that man did that. Hitman holler. I, I think they shot his girl in the in the cheek. The bullet went through. Thank God that she's not gone. These are our young, bright entertainers, y'all. But see, here's what. Here's what here's what separates me from other people. And see, this is the reason why sometimes I can't knock a whack 100. I can't knock a J Prince. I can't knock a Birdman. I can't knock a Chief Keith. I can't knock the homies in the hood because when decent people, when they see these actions from afar, they get so negative. Oh, man, these are a bunch of no good people and. This and this and this. But guess what? They're not in the hood anymore. They're not building with people. Their influence on the neighborhood is no longer there. Lord knows my mom and my family, we lived in our house for four. No, our first house for 18 years. No. 12 years and in our next house for 31 years. We didn't want to move and our house is still there. We still own it. And you want to know something? Everybody in the neighborhood knows my mom. And they respect her because she carries herself with decency. See, this is what happens, right? And I have a firm believer about this. I'm not 
a person that draws everything or puts everything when it comes down to our community on white people. There's an accountability um, level that we have to have too. If every time that somebody gets a dollar that they move, then what else is going to be left? What else is going to be left? Nothing. I understand, y'all, that people don't want to be in neighborhoods that's riddled with, with bullets. I understand that. It's not, it's not for everybody. But show me a time in our community that there wasn't violence. There was a time when the doctor lived right down the street from the dope house. Right up the street. And, and in between him, there were struggling families probably. And then down the street, the dentist and the funeral home director lived. And then up the street, you know, you probably had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Mary J. Blige. It's gotten to a point to where the people, the affluent people, are moving out of areas that are so-called black communities and going to areas that they can't even live in. That was a whole bar right there. But <laughs> y'all let me know what y'all think. Situations like Lil Dirk, Mo3, Nipsey Hussle, you know, these things are very, 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 very disturbing. But I think we can turn it around, though. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to bring the light that they caught these men on camera. Well, well, duh, what did I think that was going to happen? But they hit them with the Rico. None of them is going to see the day for a long time. They going to be on TikTok with oodles and noodles and everything. Their life is over. At least 30. At least. They threw their life away because they couldn't control their emotions. They threw their life away because they didn't understand conflict resolution. They threw their life away because they wanted to be down with the game. See, and what's going on is, is that in these cultures, the game culture hasn't evolved. What they don't know is this, right? Everything, their whole entire literature, their shakes, their talks, their lingo, their street knowledge, all of this is public knowledge now. The FBI knows what's going on. I made a podcast. Well, before I do this, hold on. I want to thank everybody again, man, for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could um, go view some of my other podcasts on, um, on YouTube. You know, it's cool. I'm expanding. I'm 10 toes down with this. Um, I'm also going to be doing multiple shows, multiple shows 
coming up on things that I feel that's not only important to the hip hop culture, but black culture as well. I'm not going to be too much um, just really, really into politics, but I'm going to be speaking on things that's that's very, very important to black people. Um, that's coming up and things that we use on a day to day basis. One of the main things is Cash App. They're monitoring, they're gonna, the IRS is gonna be monitoring our cash apps. So y'all just be on the lookout for that. Um, so I appreciate everybody for tuning in, man, and rocking with me, you know, on some cool stuff. And now that we didn't got kind of like that out of the way about the FBG duck and hip hop stars dying too soon, I wanna give it up for some hip hop stars, y'all. And I'm talking about that versus battle. You hear me? Man, y'all didn't hear me one more time. That versus battle. That was nothing but positive energy. Maybe these are some of the people that these, you know, that these drill music um, hip hop stars need to reach out to and be like, hey, man, how did y'all handle y'all beef back in the day? Because these two people that I'm talking about was straight Goons when it came down to battle rap. I'm talking about none other than Big Daddy Kane. You and KRS one. When he said, Man, I think I'm in the top five. No, I lied. I'm number one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> he snapped with that. For real, for real. KRS one. In my opinion, is one of the top lyricists ever. You know, like really and truly, Eminem gets a whole lot of pub by being the best, and no, and and make no mistake about it, Eminem is one of the best, right? But people forget the Boogie Down Productions, right? Hey, man, the bridge is over. The bridge is over. There was a versus battle, man, between KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane. I mean, you know, it was basically it was smooth, cool, bars, that was for the ladies. He was like almost like one of the first Drakes. You know, that was, man, just everything. The dude was, Big Daddy Kane, if you if you watch the verses, what? That brim that he had on, how he was outstepping? Dude was still on. He didn't miss the beat. I'm talking about he out there dancing and everything, and I'm like, What? And then when you look at KRS-One and he's still controlling the crowd with the mic and people are singing every word. And I'm like, man, this is what music, this is what black entertainment is. It ain't no we smoking on Pookie Loke tonight. Big shout out to Gucci Man. But I'm just saying. I don't want to be blasting something in my car. Then all of a sudden, somebody hear that and be like, hey, man, let's spray this dude car. 
Nah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just keeping it a thousand. I'm just keeping it a buck. It was really, really good to see the old school entertainers perform. The only thing that I didn't like from the start of verses to now is that, well, first of all, let me break this down, right? Let me take my time. <clears throat> verses was thought of by two black producers, Timberland and Swiss Beats. This was a part of the quarantine situation. And for everybody, you damn right, I'm still quarantining. Let's get that out of the way. And it was something to entertain people and also continue and keep the music industry alive by creating a certain vibe for artists and the audience to interact with each other on social media. The idea is flat out genius. But did you know the artists weren't getting paid for performing? Like, seriously? Then, on top of that, I mean, I'm talking about this was being streamed through Apple Music, y'all. And, I mean, multiple places on Instagram. I mean, it was big. Millions of views. I think they broke the internet a couple of different times. And I'm just like, so they came up with the idea. They strike the deal. They can't cut nothing for the artist. And then on top of that, and this was prior to Jay-Z selling title. I'm still a title subscriber, but I didn't like that. Okay. But everybody got to do what they got to do with their business. I'm saying, why would they strike a deal with title when they could have did it with Jay-Z? Who knows? Maybe Jay-Z wasn't trying to play ball like that. Looking back, that would have been a boss move. So they sold it to Trilla or Thriller, the app. Now, Thriller is selling out the garden. Madison Square Garden. So for an undisclosed amount, I think they sold this. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you get another, a couple of different other people who look like you? Swiss Beats and Timberland. To partner. Create your own versus app. And you can eat and your family and your kids and whoever partnered with you can eat off of this forever. It's multiple battles that people want to see. Earth, wind and fire. Come on, y'all. That was epic. Some of them was trash, too. That Keisha Cole and Ashanti. Come on, uh, Keisha Cole. And you know what? This woman is so beautiful, so talented. And I was just looking at her like, baby, you know what? Just, just get it together. I mean, 
this is what it really is. But back to, I just want to, I just want to let y'all in on a couple different things. But back to Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One, I felt that it was, I felt that it was so good because timeless music lasts forever. Like tonight, I put, I may play some Frankie Beverly and Mays. I may do it. Look at California. Hey, one of my favorites, baby. You know what I'm saying? A Southern girl. You know, one of my favorites. So I think I'm going to transition for a moment. Just for a moment. And I want to ask you all a, a real, real personal question. Never mind everything that's going on in the world. Can you imagine what would happen if five black own towns popped up in the United States. And here's what I say that the mean black owned. That there's a black owned grocery store, there's a black owned media company, there's a black owned hospital, there's a black owned factory, there's a black owned gas station, there's a black owned farm. There's a black owned church. There's a black owned store for you to get your clothes from. There's a black owned restaurant, couples, a lot. All of these things producing, manufacturing and producing everything that I said. From healthcare to restaurants your entertainment can you imagine five places that was black owned I'm not exactly sure if we could imagine that I was listening to NPR About a month ago, and for everybody that don't know what NPR or what NPR is, it's National Public Radio. I, I'm a I'm a historian buff. I could be a geek. Um, I'm just you know I'm I'm a I'm a very interesting person. I like to discover very interesting things that come down to to black people, African American, whatever you call yourself. You know whatever it is, what it is. I'm not gonna knock you. And I. Heard about a place in Little Rock, Arkansas called Ninth Ave. Ninth, Ninth Avenue. Now, for all the people that's out there, whenever you mention Little Rock, Arkansas, it's the first thing that comes to mind. Banging in Little Rock. That's what comes to my mind. That these are some rough people out there. 
that you go there, you may get your issue today, homie. If you rocking that flag. But little do we know that Little Rock at one point in time was a booming black entertainment and business sphere that was captivating the entire the entire United States. Little do we know that it was black businesses that this strip was going down. It was the Atlanta of its time, except black people owned it. Can you believe that? What started to happen slowly but surely is this, right? They started to see that black people was doing too good. And also, um, it was some very, very, very heavy influences of violence toward African-Americans that started to weigh down on the people. And black people started to slowly but surely fled and fled and fled until Lil Rock died. Y'all look that up. But what I'm saying is right now, what about today? What about today? Do we know how big and how instrumental Gary Indiana was to black people? It was a black town. Still is a black town. Places like Raleigh, North Carolina. These were black towns. Think about how America would look if we had five black owned towns. I'm talking about the west side of Chicago, baby. At one point in time, it was all black. At one point in time, it was. Harlem was all black. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you believe it? And at one time, these places were popping, y'all. But see, in this scenario, though, we would do it way better. Ownership is what's going on. The things that was happening in Harlem. The things that happened on Ninth Avenue, the things, the industries that moved out of Gary, Indiana. 
Because guess what? It's still 80,000 black people that's there. People hate on Gary, Indiana, but guess what? Gary, Indiana, it's right off Lake, it's right off Lake Michigan, y'all. It's beautiful. Places like Detroit, Michigan, people hate on Detroit. Because they're like, oh, it ain't nothing now, it ain't nothing now. Man, Detroit used to be all black people. Prospering black people. But guess what? It's not anymore. Slowly but surely, these areas are being confiscated because of economics. The Ford Motor Companies. Black people never created their own economy there. Really and truly, they didn't have to because they had a, a juggernaut in Ford that could have survived generations of generations of generations. But as you can see, what goes up, ladies and gentlemen, must come down. And Lord have mercy, you know what? That floor thing did come down all over the United States, didn't it? Except Detroit. So we had people flood millions and millions of black people, just like right now. It's millions of hundreds of thousands of black people that's leaving Chicago, that's leaving Illinois, going down to Houston, going down to Atlanta, everywhere. But again, can you imagine five black owned towns? It would be extraordinary. It would light up the world, y'all. Just five. Not to mention, if these towns in these areas, Cleveland, Ohio. Salute to all the people out there in Cleveland. The reason why I mentioned in these places, Rockford, Illinois. East St. Louis. St. Louis. The reason why I'm mentioning all these places is why? Because these are where black people are still at. Right? And these are metropolitan areas. And guess what else? The cost of land is rather cheap. I've always said, you know what? It really saddens me when we have black leadership in these small towns in Arkansas or Mississippi or Louisiana or even Illinois, parts of Texas. And the places are just struggling. It's strife everywhere. They, you know, they can't seem to put their minds together. They don't try to create a brain trust of people that's going off to college to come back and take leadership roles or they want to stay in the same position for 50 and 60 years. And like, come on, man. But anyway, I'm about to wind down. It's Thursday night, y'all. Thursday night football. Hey, who you got tonight? I'm probably going to be doing some um, some stuff on YouTube. We got the Browns and the Broncos. But yeah, I'm probably going to be doing some stuff on YouTube, man. Chilling out. Um, probably watching a couple shows. I really do appreciate everybody for rocking with me, man, on the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Again, this is uh, episode 102. We almost to the Jeezy 103. <laughs> I'm going to call it, uh, what I'm going to call it, the Quarantine Motivation 103, I guess. I don't know. Maybe put up a t-shirt or something. 
Last but not least, though, I want to ask ourselves, I want everybody out there just, that's listening to me to, uh, uh, what's homeboy, uh, <laughs> I forgot his name, Mr. Big, when he say, shine, <laughs> shine this video. Man, y'all share this right here. How much and um, how much do we value black women? And children, by the way, how much do we really value that? Salute to all the salute to all the beautiful black women out there. I know um, I could be hard on black women, but you know what I'm saying. At the end of the day, my mother is a woman. You know what I'm saying. Um, I came from a woman, and I love black women. But you know, there is something that's really, really been bothering me that I can't, for the life of me, understand. Right. And I'm going to start to put some of the onus on our men and the rest of the onus on our community, because so many black women. And. Girls are are coming up missing. And just like the usual thing, we ask, we try to go to the main, the main core media, you know, like people are like, well, why ain't the black girl? Uh, why ain't they reporting on Gabby? That was a black girl that just came up missing the other day. And, 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 and to, to my credit, that makes sense. I, I mean, because I commented on that, that as well, but here's what I'm saying, right? We need to have our own. This is what goes back to that black town having its own media company. Because that means if someone goes missing, then we can report that person missing to our own media company. And we cover it. Us as a us as a people, our media professionals, our own media outlets. It's a shame. It's a sin and a shame, y'all. That we have so many black women coming up missing. Young, too. Beautiful. Their whole lives ahead of them. Now, I was just talking about our black men earlier um, being, being, um, being killed, you know, when they got their whole lives ahead of them. But, no. In this scenario, I'm just talking about regular women. You know, these women are not... And children are not a part of gangs. If they are, it's a very small percentage. I'm talking about maybe like. One percent. And even if they was hell, it still don't mean that they should become come up missing. What the hell? What? Like some of these um, uh, um, Puerto Ricans or Latinos would say, well, no, I don't want to mix that in the same sense. Oh, someone from a different culture would say. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want to offend nobody because, you know, what I'm saying the moment that something comes off as uh, uh, racist or anything about the, the black culture. You know what? I'm, I'm the first person that goes in. So I'm a I'm a show respect like I want to get respect. But, yeah. So um, these women are coming up missing. These women and children are coming up missing. And we got to take a stand against that. Um, 
It's not cool. It's, 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 it's bogus. And we shouldn't have to wait on a white media company to, to cover that. We shouldn't have to wait. Ownership. The power in ownership is something that we can, that you cannot buy. Dame Dash. Holla. That's a bar. Ownership is something that you cannot buy. So. Y'all be on the lookout. And if y'all see something about a, a, a black child that's missing, please make sure to share it on your social media outlets or anybody that's missing. Anybody. You know? Not only a woman, but a, a man, too. Hell, anybody. We don't want nobody being. We losing enough lives to the street. We want to save as many people as we can. So, hell, yeah. Share that. Do whatever you need to do. Uh, call in. Uh, call your local police department. Put it on a bulletin. Do everything that you can. So these people um, can be brought home and at least rescued safe. But. Last but not least, you know, when I saw something online. And it really troubled me. Do y'all remember a couple years ago, there was a. A very, very graphic video that. Hit some I hit a lot of our inboxes. And it was this fucking and I and, and y'all please forgive me for cursing. But this low down, dirty bastard, scum, bitch, hoe, punkin' head dude was doing some very, very inappropriate things with a young girl. And I immediately, whoever sent me the video, I immediately told them, hey, look, man, first of all, I don't even remember, but I, I deleted that shit and I told them, hey, look, don't you ever, I don't know what your intentions were, but don't you ever send no bullshit like that to me. Ever. And it's just, it was just sad. But they caught his ass, though. And they caught that little girl mama. Fucked up her whole life. That shit will haunt her for the rest of her entire life. Y'all hear me? So I just seen this video. No, not a video, just a picture. Of supposedly a man that's 53. Marrying his. His goddaughter that's 18. And I seen some pictures of children in the background. And it just. It just it it really rubbed me the wrong way. Because. Um, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I'm just looking like. I'm trying to find this information here. I don't give a damn what's going on, right? 
And I think her mom was right there, smiling and shit. But maybe, you know, with the age of social media and the technology, you know, people have ways of doing a whole lot of just deviant things. So I'm hoping that this was just somebody trying to ruin somebody's image. But we need to get on top of shit like that, too. It's a whole lot of predators out here that's just preying on. I mean, I can understand, you know, if the man was 53 and the woman was 27. Okay. She's she's a full grown motherfucking woman. And y'all I'm cussing. Y'all know I don't cuss. But that shit. Where's her damn daddy at? That's the first thing to come. Was her dad? He got to be locked up. It got to be something going on here. Got to be. For him to allow some shit like that to happen. What? So y'all stay on the lookout for that, you know, and share that shit. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know what can we do about something like that, but that's just it don't sit well with me. Like, seriously, man. You can't date her mama. Marry her mama. Don't marry no damn. Whew. We're going to end on a positive note. My sister just turned 40 years old. My niece is doing good. They're visiting my mother and my sister, which not too long ago, early in the summer, just um, just retired from the army. Thank God. So. I'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Uh, we're on episode of volume number 102. And man, y'all shine! <laughs> I like what dudes say that. Uh, this podcast, man. Y'all share the podcast with y'all family and friends, man. You know what I'm saying? Again, if y'all have any um, questions or concerns... You could always hit me up on Thorn Media at Facebook. Um, on Facebook, um, you could actually email me at virtualhustle77 at gmail.com. Um, man, you could inbox me here. You see what I'm saying? We got listener support on y'all. I'm trying to grow, I'm trying to grow my channel. I'm trying to develop a nice audience to bring some of the best content because I feel as though content is king. I really don't try to gossip as much or do any other, you know what I'm saying, the clout chasing. I just like to bring stuff that I think that's very, very relevant um, to my community. And people of all ages should be able to um, listen and enjoy it. But thanks again for tuning in, man. Peace and blessings to you and your family. Y'all have a great night.